social, impact, everywhere. Marquita, why don't you tell me a little bit about, you know, uh, you've told me about what you do, but the reasoning behind it, you know, that I can tell there's something more that you want to say. So I'd love for you just to delve more into that, you know, uh, why do you do what you do? Yeah, yeah. So um, I feel this really strong responsibility to show up for women, particularly women of color. So being in kind of the corporate space for a while and now coaching, I've talked to a lot of women who just feel like they can't own their space, fully own their power, um, their purpose. They feel disconnected, even with the job, right? With the job, with a great career, with the amazing education. It's like there's still something where they can't be kind of safe or feel supported in their space, right? And that's what I love to do with my coaching. I mean, give them a space to be all of who they are, right? Completely woman, completely black. I truly, truly honor all of who they are, right? And how they show up in the world. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I think that work is, there's never enough work that can be done in that field. I think they're, you know, especially from, you know, a, a white cisgendered male, I, you know, I'm very aware of the privilege I have. I'm also very aware of the inequality that's, that's, that's been created in past generations and it's very intergenerational, right? It, it's yeah. Yeah. now we're, we're at a tipping point because we have, you know, um, I remember I went to a conference and there was in Boston and there was um, a, a gentleman talking about nonprofit boards and he was saying that mm -hmm. there's 2000 nonprofits um, guess how many are owned by um, yeah. uh, people of color? Uh, guess how many people of color there are in Boston? And he was saying that I think th there was three nonprofit boards yeah. that were owned, uh, and 90% of uh, people who live in Boston are people of color. Like, how is that a thing? How can there be that much divide when when the talent is within the city but not owned by people of the city? So, um, I you know I, yeah. I to be an advocate for it because um, because of you know I'm a white cisgendered male, but I want to be a proponent and also bring that forward too because inequality shouldn't should not exist. And I don't mean um, I don't mean equality. I mean equity. Sorry, let me rephrase that because equity, equity. is yeah. very equity. hard and almost unattainable. Equity is very attainable. Yeah. 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 That that is so true. So earlier this year, I read a study, um, Harvard Business Review, right? So there was a study around African American women and reaching the C-suite. Um, mm -hmm. And I think it was like looking at 500 graduates of Harvard Business School, and even with the Harvard MBA, African American women weren't meeting uh, the C-suite level. Like this year, I think there were none. African-American women in CC. So there's this kind of tension of they are one of the populations that's most educated. So they have the skills, the talent, but still not being able to get over that hump. Like there is real frustration, a real frustration of I'm doing everything that I'm supposed to do. Why can't I get those opportunities? And what my work truly is, like, there's a part of that the system plays in it, but then there's a part that we have control over. Like, hey, if I'm getting stuck, how do I take my control back and truly find what's next for me, right? Whether that is another job, starting my own company, truly owning my power in a way where I don't feel like things are just happening to me and I'm always reacting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And 
I mean, this might be a rhetorical question, but I, I'm curious sure. about why you started uh, why you started this work. And I know you you've said a little bit on the podcast before about you know your coaching, but yeah. what where did you see that that need for for you to be the person who leads that? I'm always curious because I try to find myself yeah. in places yeah. of leadership. But what was that spark? Yeah. Um, so there were a few things. One was I experienced it myself in corporate America one of kind of very few on the corporate side on my team under my VP but the more women I talked to it was like we all had very similar experiences of not feeling the, the support or the opportunities yeah um, and then I will say there's one thing that happened a few years ago that literally has nothing to do with career but it was the death um, and the murder of Orlando Castillo like that, that one event completely changed how I look at myself. And it, it isn't one of those things that, that I would readily say like, oh, well, yes, this event happened and I, it changed my world. But that was this deep, deep kind of knowing that I have to live with purpose because there, my days are not promised, right? Like there was this time where I was just trying to figure out what's next for me. So having all those conversations with women and knowing that I am called to make an impact. I am called to truly help inspire and change lives. And at that time when I was kind of in corporate America, it's like, okay, I have to help other people. Hmm. I truly have to help other people and specifically other people that look like me who don't have the opportunities I might have or also sharing in those opportunities and feel stuck. Like, no, there is a possibility to continue to move, continue to make impact, continue to live your life. Because every day is precious. Every single day is. And living it with purpose is so important. Yeah. Yeah.